0: Our, our eye affects our entire body, what we do with our eye, what we're seeing, what we're taking in, and when we're looking at porn, we're actually filling our entire body with darkness. And we feel shame, we feel condemnation, and we actually feel the weight of that darkness in our body, it can affect so many things. And, you know, God has just the opposite. He wants to fill us with light and power and grace, and doesn't want us to be trapped by lust and sin.
1: You have a trustworthy, true higher power who created you coming through for you.
2: What's up, guys? Welcome back to episode 28. We have a special guest here today, Cameron Wenzel. Is that how you say your last name, Wenzel? Correct. Perfect. Um, I don't know, Cameron, maybe tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from.
0: I grew up out here in Colorado, went to Aspen High School just like these guys. Nice. And when I graduated from high school, I went to the University of Arizona. Okay. And I could not get into the business school at U of A. So I left and went to uh, Clemson University. Okay. And when I was at Clemson, um, it's not a Christian school, but it might as well, it might as well have been. Okay. There were so many Christians there. I was a part of a fellowship of Christian athletes, Campus Crusade for Christ. And on Thursday nights at Clemson, um, I would show up to FCA and there was um, more than 500 students there. Oh, that's awesome. It was an incredible experience and time of growth. Um, where my faith really became my own when I was in college. One of my okay. first mission trips, um, it was incredible. But I love God, um, love sharing his word, and um, excited to be here with you guys today. Yeah,
2: I mean, Cameron's kind of
0: the model of a Christian man.
2: He's up on Sundays sometimes spreading the news, and he has a, a sweet business. Um, so it's, it's pretty cool. I think a lot of people look up to you in that way. But uh, were you always like kind of like a Christian Jesus follower, or did you have— Rocky patches or were your parents Christian? Did you grow up in a Christian household?
0: You know, I definitely had rocky patches. So growing up um, here in, a- in Aspen, there's a huge party crowd at Aspen High School. And I'm sitting here with these two guys and they're shaking their heads. Yes, they know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. they're, the partying at Aspen High School is for real. And I was in that crowd. And when, I didn't have my brothers in Christ like you guys to hold me accountable and say, hey, what, what are you doing on Friday night? You shouldn't be doing that. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was rebelling and I was, uh, off the track for two to three to four years from the time of, um, basically 15 to 18 to 19. So kind of almost like
2: a prodigal son story in a way. Yeah. I was,
0: I was running. I was definitely running. Yeah.
2: Thing. What brought you back?
0: So, you know, I, I got in trouble, um, at the end of my senior year and I got in so much trouble. I didn't know if I was going to be able to go to college, but I ended up going to college and My freshman year, um, I got in some Bible studies, and guys just started talking to me about the truth that I needed to hear, that um, not only did Jesus die for my sins, but I'm raised to new life, and that my new life in Christ is identified in him, that I was forgiven, I was set free. It didn't matter what I had done or where I had been, that God loved me, and he had forgiven me. And so I just started to hear these things again, and they became fresh, and they became real for the first time when I heard them again in college and you know, I, I turned back to Christ at that time and it wasn't like all of a sudden, all the worldly stuff dropped away. It, it it took years to shut it off and, and I'm not, I'm not perfect or claiming to have it all together, but it was definitely a process and okay. a journey yeah. um, to, to um, grow with the Lord. And, and of course still is, you know, to get track with the Lord and follow his word and know him and love him more.
2: That's just the amazing thing about Jesus and God is like,
0: whatever sin that you commit,
2: it's forgiven or it's like, he doesn't care really what it is. It's forgiven. That's right. That's just the, that's not, I think that's the hardest part for a lot of people to get is like, they've done all these things in their lives and like that. There's no way that can be forgiven. There's no way that can be rectified, but it can through Christ. And that's, 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 that's what we have to tell everybody. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> um, But yeah, I think a big part of your, I guess um, mission or gospel is, is it about pornogra- pornography or is that just a misconception I have? Or
0: So, no, you're right. Um, there's been a, jo- a journey um, with porn addiction in my life, and I'll just confess that here on Firestarters that um, I've been addicted to porn in my life. Mm-hmm. And when I say addicted, I'm talking to the point where I look at it multiple times a day and it becomes something where You, you have a moment alone and you're like, okay, what am I going to do? I'm going to, you know, how can I, how can I make space in my life for porn? You know, when you're making space in your life for something like that, it's an addiction.
2: No, I always tell people like, people like, how do I know God's first in my life? I'm like, well, what's your time committed to? We look at our screen time and like, there's so much time there. And it's just whatever your time is put in, that's where your heart is. I feel like too. But yeah, I yeah, keep going.
0: And so, yes, that, that happened to me. This is more than 10 years ago. And as I started to read my Bible and, and grow closer with God, I really, uh, the spirit of God was telling me, you can't live this, these two lives mm-hmm. where you're, you're, you're lusting and you're, uh, pursuing, um, all these, all these things that are falling short of the glory of God that, you know, I was, I was just, pr- uh, pursuing pleasure and satisfaction and, and re- and really extreme lust porn is just extreme extreme lust and it takes over your life um and i realized god was telling me i can't live this life as a believer and still do that and be involved in that and so i was convicted that i need i need to change and the more that i read the word the more was highlighted to me about lust and pornography and that i was i was really living a double life and it was time to um get real
2: mm-hmm
3: that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, and that's something that's stated over and over and over again in the Bible is that you can't have both things. Especially uh I believe it's in Romans it says you can't take part in fleshly things and godly things at the same time and then also in uh in James it says a, a friend of the world is an enemy of God and vice versa. And uh so I definitely think that's a misconception that a lot of people who do watch pornogra- uh people who watch pornography have It's kind of it's kind of like cheating on God in a way. Is how I view it. Is that you're kind of you feel as if uh, as if you can have both ways. But God, God, it's stated uh, in the Ten Commandments actually that God is a jealous God. It doesn't mean that He's sitting there and He just well He does want you all for Himself, but that's because He wants to save you and He loves you.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I'll just give my quick testimony on porn. Like I think we can all agree we've all watched porn in this room. Yeah, Um, and. It's crazy, like, the young ages were exposed to stuff like that just so easily. Um, But then, yeah, I realized, too, like, this is... The first time I saw I'm like, oh, this is so wrong. I need to stop this right now before I get addicted to it. So I was lucky. I was, like, I realized... Because my parents and stuff, they always told me, like, this is wrong. So I knew what was right and wrong. So I stopped. And now it's kind of like I've made it, like, every time. Because you can't avoid it in this culture. It doesn't have to just be, you know, porn.com for you to watch porn. You can see a thumbnail on a youtube video you can see it doesn't have to be like hardcore mm-hmm. just naked people it can be like just looking up you know whatever is lustful yeah and every time i see something like that it's just almost like a test mm-hmm. i'm like okay this is a test god's giving me do i click on this or do 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 i do the other thing and so that's kind of made it like a game for me where i'm like if i see something do i have enough self-control to avoid mm-hmm. it Mm-hmm. Um so I can kind of test the Holy Spirit in that way be like Holy Spirit you got to give me the the power to avoid looking at this. And sometimes I I still look like at the wrong thing, but I'm working on that all the time and yeah. I think yeah. So that that's just my part of the testimony, but yeah, I think that's really cool. Well, uh, a
3: test of faith does uh create perseverance and yeah. strengthening of the faith. So um it's definitely good to always call on God for things like that.
2: I think we should talk about like there's there's porn but then there's also like sexual immorality and like it just breaks down into like, it's not just porn. There's so many other facets of Mm -hmm. like, I guess, sexual impurity or just like in our culture these days, like people think it's just okay to do anything. Mm -hmm. Um, even Christians, some Christians are like, yeah, it's fine to do. Yeah. Um, so maybe just some of your thoughts on, on some stuff like that. Um, well, yeah, I've definitely struggled with things like that in the past. It's actually,
3: um, the problem that, uh, that gave a gateway for Christianity and God himself to to make a solution for, and that's kind of what brought me to Christ. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to sit here and say that I don't struggle with things like that. I'm not going to say that I haven't in the past done things like that, but um, I I do believe that it's wrong, and I'm trying to you know improve on it every single day. I'm trying to get better with God. And I feel like the only way you can do that is to get better with God. The only way you can stop doing those kinds of things is grow your relationship with christ and also we yeah, like you said earlier we have to hold each other accountable i think that's something that we as a friend group kind of are lacking i mean we we typically hold ourselves accountable pretty mm-hmm. well um but when one of us does go off we we don't really do much
2: about it and i think we should start doing that more i think that's another big misconception christianity is like don't judge mm-hmm. when, when it's talking about that in the bible it'll say don't judge unbelievers but we, when, when we know we're all in Christ and we've committed to that, we are supposed to hold each other accountable and tell well, each other that's wrong through, yeah. not in a hateful way, obviously in a loving way. Um, well, so, yeah, so yeah, right.
3: don't judge unbelievers, but when it comes to believers, it says don't judge unless you are prepared to be judged in the same way, mm-hmm. which means that if you're committing the same acts and you're going to sit there and tell somebody not to do something, you got to get the log out of your eye before you get the stick out of your, your back. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah, that's definitely a misconception that we all have. And if everyone's struggling with it, we all got to work on it. But, uh, if one of us is, is gone past a certain sin is okay. Um, they should definitely be helping out the other ones before they, or since they've already fixed it themselves.
2: Yeah. Cam, what's your thoughts on like, how do, how do Christians in this culture or just people in general think it's so okay to do these things, when it's really not, um, I don't know, it's kind of a hard question to answer. But yeah,
0: they're so mainstream. You know, they become acceptable because they're accepted on the mainstream. Uh, you know, you, you, you can't get away from sex wherever you go. It's on Instagram. It's on um, every, everywhere you turn on TV uh, and advertising. It's everywhere. So it, it's become something that's pushed on us. And it's been pushed on us for, for years and years and years, really since the sexual revolution mm-hmm. uh, in, in the 60s. Um, so we, you look at it and culture says it's okay. But we have to know, as believers, we're separate from culture. We don't do and go along with what culture does. We follow the God of the Bible and and, 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 and Christ, and we're set apart. Yeah, we're not we're in set the
2: world, we're in, we're in Jesus. Yeah. Exactly,
0: we're set apart. So we want to look different than the world, mm-hmm. right?
2: Yeah. And and like sexual marriage is definitely not a new thing in this new century. It's definitely been commoditized differently, but right. it's been the, one of the biggest problems, I think, in, in the world for... Since it began, I guess. Yeah, it's, sure. the, it's the
3: only <laughs> sin in the Bible, actually, that the Bible says to flee from and run away from, which I think is interesting. What,
2: what, what do you mean by, like, can you say the verse on that? Um, I don't
3: remember the exact verse, but I'll find it. You can keep talking.
2: Yeah. I'll find it for you. So another part in the Bible where it ta- kind of talks about sexual immorality that I think kind of most applies to a lot of Christians is the story of David. Because David was a, God after man, uh <clears throat> a man after God's own heart. He was, like, one of the people that so many people look up to in the Bible. I like comparing David. So he was like this big warrior, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, David was a warrior. Uh, The same way we are warriors for Christ, right? We want to try to create, like build the kingdom, um, share the love of God. And the reason David fell into that sin is because he was at the wrong place and he did the wrong thing. Instead of being a battle, raising the troops, rallying the troops, being the leader, he, he stayed home. He let them take care of that. I guess, I don't know. You could call it lazy. I don't know. But he he was in his kingdom and he got bored and he saw Bathsheba there and he's like, okay, I'm going to do this. So instead of building the kingdom and doing what he was supposed to be doing, he was in the wrong place. And a lot of times we find ourselves in the wrong place. And that's where Satan really comes and attacks us. And he's like... That's where he gets us when we're in the wrong place and mm-hmm. we start doing the wrong thing. That just opens the gateway for Satan to do the wrong yeah, thing. Yeah, Satan definitely tempts us uh, when we're alone and defenseless. Because the whole point of when we know God is we have a purpose and we have a calling, we have a battle to fight. Mm-hmm. And we go when we go away from that, that's when Satan can invade and attack us the most. And so I'll, I'll kind of just talk about the story of Bathsheba and David. Um, so yeah, he had Bathsheba come over. He had like a kid with her. And it turns out, like, I don't know how deep we want to go into the story, but he ends up killing um, Bathsheba's husband. By sending him off to war. Yeah, yeah. but just, like, cold-blooded murder. Mm-hmm. So it it not only hurt David and Bathsheba, it hurt so many other people. Mm-hmm. And so that's, like, another, like, thing we can get from the story. Is, like, when we do something wrong, it doesn't just affect us. Mm-hmm. It affects everyone around us and in ways we can't even imagine. Like, his kid had to die because of it, and so many other things happen. So it's not just you that it affects it affects so many other people around you um yeah so i found the verse for it by the way
3: um it's first corinthians 6 18 which is flee from sexual immorality all other sins a person commits are outside of the body but whoever sins, uh, sins sexually sins
2: against their own body pretty intense hardcore yeah and the thing is we all do that because uh-huh. the bible talks about like even if you think about lusting even if you think about act you've committed it yeah and um, that's the hardest part for me to understand is like
3: how is that the same thing as actually doing it i think it's matthew 5 i think 26 or 27 and says like i tell you even if uh, a man looks lustfully
2: on another woman he's already committed adultery with her in his heart and this is just the sexual sin this also counts for murder and like any other sin you do Mm -hmm. if you if you're jealous of something you've already done the thing um and that's why we need jesus because there's no way we can't sin Um, So that's the whole point is we need Jesus as salvation. Um, But I'd love to hear more, Cameron, about what you kind of, what, I guess we heard what made you realize it was wrong. And then I guess maybe the steps that you, I guess, changed yourself and then how you also helped other people change um, that addiction. Absolutely.
0: One of the things I was thinking about was how when you look at porn, you ha- still have to go to school and to work and be a part of the world. It's not like porn is an escape that lasts forever. It's, it's a 10 or 15 minutes, whatever it is, and then it's back to reality. But when you get back to reality, you see beautiful women, mm-hmm. and they're walking down the street, and you start lusting. That's what happens. Porn creates a lustful lens that when, when you get back out into the world, you start viewing women with a lustful lens, mm-hmm. and that dishonors God, and that dishonors that, that woman. Mm-hmm. She is a child of God. So it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword. I mean, it, it really is, is horrible. So the way that I found freedom from porn is through the power of the word of God. As I read the word, I realized how sharp it is to point out my fault and then point me in the right direction. So one of my favorite verses, I'll just read this verse. Um, it, it applies perfectly. It's as if Jesus was speaking directly into this situation. Your eye is the lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is already darkness, how deep that darkness is. so what's so intense about this verse is that our our eye affects our entire body what we do with our eye what we're seeing what we're taking in and when we're looking at porn we're actually filling our entire body with darkness and we feel shame we feel condemnation and we actually feel the weight of that darkness in our body it can affect so many things and you know, God has just the opposite. He wants to fill us with light and power and grace mm-hmm. and doesn't want us to be trapped by lust and sin. He, he he's created a way out so that we can um walk in walk in that and in and holiness and, and and freedom.
2: Yeah, you always have the power with Jesus to avoid it. I, I forgot what verse it is, but it talks about you always have the power with mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit to to do the right thing and it's just up to you. It's yeah. free will.
3: So um on that point where he was saying that it kind of creates a lens, I guess you could say that you look through. And I was going to ask you, um, do you think that porn, for instance, uh, do you think that it kind of opens a door for like objectification of women and things like that on the streets and whatnot?
0: A hundred percent, a hundred percent, absolutely, Wolfgang. It does. And then it also creates a a door for worse things, because somebody that that really goes down that path of porn will move from porn to prostitution to human sex trafficking, mm-hmm. to, you know, what if someone is, is married, you know, and they're looking at porn and they have a wife there, mm-hmm. that woman feels like she's cheated on. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it definitely opens the door for worse and worse things. So that's why it's important to stop it as soon as you can. Well, last week, actually, I
3: was talking to a, a girl from our school and, uh, her boyfriend, he struggles with porn a lot. And she's the, said that, um, that sh- she's been trying to help him get through the whole addiction and, um, that she's asked him to stop and he said he would. And then a couple of weeks later, it turns out he's just been doing it more and more and mm. more. And it caused me to write a bunch, um, about how porn kind of tears apart a lot of relationships and it, it makes it unhealthy. And I was, I was getting sad listening to the whole thing. Cause I know that it, the guy probably doesn't want to like tear apart the relationship like that, but she says that, she doesn't know how much longer she could even be with the guy if he keeps doing, keeping that up.
0: There's been women that have said that when they're around a guy who's been looking at porn, they feel a different level of love versus a guy who has not been looking at porn. The guy who's been looking at porn in his mind is objectifying that woman or the guy who's not been looking at porn sees her as a beautiful child of God and wants to honor her as his sister in Christ instead of just an object see the difference there it's 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 a drastic difference mm-hmm. and uh that's that's a friend that you know that's ha- that's happening uh, someone
3: here here well i'm not even good friends with her but yeah she was wow. talking to me about it and yeah she was
2: saying that it
3: was kind of tearing her whole
2: relationship apart
3: and they're not even married there's
2: boyfriend and girlfriend mm-hmm.
3: yeah that's hardcore
2: so do you have any advice, I guess, for people to get away from that sin? Because it's probably really hard. It's almost like a drug.
0: Absolutely. Kind of absolutely. So I started a ministry um, about four or five years ago called Blameless Ministries. We're okay. on Instagram at blameless.min for ministries.
2: What what, what, what made you call it blameless?
0: So um, there's so many verses in the Bible, um, especially in Ephesians, that talk about we he's chosen us before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him. So... That is who we are in Christ, blameless. Let's actually live into that. So that's the ministry that I started. And we have some great resources. Um, On on Instagram, there's devotionals. On each post, you can read a devotional and a a verse. And then on my website, blamelessministries.org, we have a seven-day Bible study, Mm -hmm. uh, a 21-day devotional, and a group Bible study. All these resources are free and available for anybody to use. You can download the Bible study if you sign up for the devotional, which is a great resource, you're going to get it in your inbox every day for 21 days. And what you should do is create dialogue. Take those verses, write them in your journal, talk to your friends about them. And then the second thing is accountability. If you are so trapped by porn that you can't even have a phone or you can't have a computer, then put your computer in a space where you have to use it publicly. Put your phone in a place where you have to use it in front of your family. Get rid of things. You know, the Bible talks about chopping off an arm. Yeah, You know, know, and it's like, if you you sin with your right hand, cut it off, chop (laughs) your computer off, you know, (laughs) whatever it is, chop your phone off, Uh, you know, do make drastic measures to cut yourself off from sin. And then there's a great app. If you're, if you're really stuck, get covenant eyes. And every time, um, you look at something, it's going to send your accountability partner an email and they can see what they can see what you're looking at. They can see your screen basically. And it holds, (laughs) it holds you accountable. It's a monthly fee. Um, but if if someone is really stuck and and you know moving the phone to the kitchen or the com- uh, computer to the kitchen isn't working, get covenantized as well. And please go to Blameless Ministry so we're going to download and sign up for one of our devotionals. I think you'll find them really powerful and impactful in your life. Awesome. We- All
2: right. So yeah that that's your that's your ministry. That's what you do. Do you have any like just. Is there a step-by-step thing you can say in like two minutes that's like You know, as, du-
0: as dudes, we just want that step-by-step. Like, tell me what to do. I want to yeah. have all the tools to figure it out. Well, you know, there's, you know, the step-by-step thing is, is uh, to break down what, I, what I w- we were just talking about. Um, when I was um, a sophomore or junior in college, I lived off campus and I had a one-bedroom apartment. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I had a laptop at that time, but I knew that it wasn't healthy for me to have internet at my apartment. I lived by, I lived by myself, and I was like, if I have internet here, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a trap for me. So I said, no internet. Dang. I'm going to do all my studying and all my schoolwork at the library on campus. So that worked for me. That worked for me. But what is that for you? Do something drastic to cut yourself off from the avenue where you can look at porn. It's tough on a smartphone these days because it's on Instagram. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. But delete the app. Dude, just delete yeah. it. Mm-hmm. You're not. You're gonna survive without Instagram for a while.
2: <laughs> so you're saying the best solution is just
3: cut it off. Cut it off. Well, yeah. I think I think everybody, as you said, is looking for a step by step. I'm definitely a step by step kind of person <laughs> where it's like, just give me, <laughs> give me a list to do, and yeah, I'll do yeah. it. But the f- the truth is, it's like different for everybody. That's Some right. people they don't even have to worry about, you know. Cutting everything off, um, and it's not going to affect them too much. But other people, yeah, they are going to have to just, you know, chop off the right arm in order to make sure that you don't have to
0: look at things lustfully. Another what was I say? another thing too that is really practical is, and, and you kind of mentioned it earlier in this podcast, is is really have deep quiet times with the Lord. And when you when you become desperate or addicted or fed up with the life that you are living you know, there, there becomes this time where you say, Lord, take this for me. Mm -hmm. I cannot do this on my own because I'm not porn free by my own power. I'm porn free by the power of God and his word. And it was a daily battle and still is, even though I've been free for many years to go before the Lord and say, Lord, help me to walk in purity and wholeness. And when I first started, it was desperation. It was, Lord, deliver me. Lord, I need your Holy Spirit. Lord, speak to me over, let your word wash over my life and, and change my thinking and change the way I live. And it, it, it actually um, requires desperation. If you're addicted to porn, get desperate before God, get real and, and really um, spend those quiet times with him and, and let, him, let him love you in those quiet times. Let his word change your life.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's for all of You just got to get in the word. And first, first you got to understand why it's wrong. Yeah. Um, so maybe let's just break down in a simple way. Like if, if you say someone, you shouldn't watch that and ask why, what's a good answer?
0: Yeah. The si- the simple answer <laughs> is, is your body's a temple of the Holy spirit. And mm-hmm. when we start watching porn, we immediately, uh, the Holy spirit cannot be a part of sin. Uh, when we, when sin is really present in our lives, the Holy spirit kind of backs off and pulls back a little bit. And so we, we have to be, um, aware, aware of that and, and how dark that is. Yeah.
2: Okay, that's that's awesome. I think we should hop into some q a here don't have a lot today, but um, first one is from Um, aj I don't know how to say your username, but um, my friends asked me how to know Ours is the true god and how to explain that to someone who also believes theirs is true without being flat-out rude And I don't have an answer to this. I want to ask you too because my answers are not good enough
3: I, I think i'll start with this one um it really depends on the person you're talking to. And I went over this, I think, a few episodes ago. But it it really does depend because some people are very hostile, I like to use the term, towards Christianity. They wouldn't believe it even if it was true. Um, and I've heard that before. Like I've, I've watched a couple of videos. Um, a guy cross-examined Frank Turek. He, he asks a person, he says, if Christianity was true, would you be a Christian? And some people even say no. And so a lot of people are hostile. They're never going to accept it. But others, um, they need they need reassurance. Um, they need to know that God is a loving person and that you can put God to the test. Kyle mentioned this last time. If God cares a lot more about your salvation than, as he put it, saving face, or he's, he's a very humble person, as we all know. Um, and then the other type of person, they need solid facts. And that's that's... What I was I needed, I needed hardcore evidence proof and all that, and there's a lot of books out there that that can prove that and talk about it. Um, one of my favorite ones that I just read recently was uh, talking about how they just found Sodom and Gomorrah and how they were actually struck by a meteorite and wiped off the face of the planet. Wow. And yeah, that was a huge piece of evidence. And then you you said something about um
2: the Red Sea and how there's chariots at the bottom of it or Yeah, they find like all these Egyptian things at the bottom of the Red Sea and wow. it's like there's so many things even just historically that just prove the Bible's existence. Um, yeah.
3: It does depend on the person, but as long as you know that person, uh then you can probably figure out which one of those approaches you need to take. And uh if you can do that, then you'll probably be able to, you know, Save them, yeah. So I
2: mean, there's there's the whole thing. There's like there's atheist. There, he's like, I don't believe in a god at all. There's the Muslim. He's like, I believe in you know their religion. Mm-hmm. All these different things. The Christian, even even in Christianity, the different sects of Christianity. And then there's the Buddhist. They all think they're right. Yeah. Um. And so, I asked um, a few people I know on Instagram that are Christ followers on why they choose jesus and why they they know that it's the right savior i guess um so i'm just going to play this video her name's madeline and i thought she had a really really good answer to this so
1: so last year i took a class just on world religions and i took it because i really wanted to challenge myself and be like okay do you believe what you believe um when it's compared to religions and what i found was that christianity i know this is like a common what's the word like picture of it but like it's so true christianity is the only religion where god is on top of the mountain and you're climbing towards him but like he will come down with you and walk with you up to the top of the mountain and all the other religions require you yourself and your own power to make it to that higher power and god's the only one that has that intimate relationship the thing about Christianity is you experience Jesus. Like for me, I experience him the most whenever I'm having to walk out and step out into obedience, into something that in my own strength, I cannot do. And it that confident trust in Christ isn't confident trust in yourself. It's confident trust that he's gonna do what he's gonna say he's gonna do. And you have to rely on him. In those moments where like you truly are stepping out in faith, like it requires you to rely on him because you personally cannot do it. And that's whenever you truly experience it's the fullness of christ whenever you rely on the fullness of him hold on i have to order my <laughs> drink. Real quick. but i think that our culture like even in christianity we just promote such a watered down version of christianity and we're lazy in it we're half it in half it out and that that doesn't require you to depend on the fullness of christ therefore you're not going to experience the fullness of christ then then you question it because you're putting most most of the the trust in yourself and you can't do that it doesn't it doesn't take big trust and small substance it takes small trust and a big substance because those that were talking about this the faith of a mustard seed like whenever you have big faith like that's putting it on you but whenever you put your faith in a bigger thing than you that's whenever you you really get to experience the fullness of christ and that's what sets it so apart from other religions is you have a trustworthy true higher power who created you coming through for you everything else is just based on well it depends on the religion but other religions are based off of theoretical ideas that have no basis of truth behind them and i'm actually doing a project on that right now which is so cool that you said that um but yeah i if these videos didn't send in order please tell me i'll already send um what i remember saying I'm at Starbucks and the Wi-Fi sucks. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so thanks, Madeline. That was a very, very good answer in my opinion. I uh, thought it was really cool.
3: Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. Um, but I want to go back to your point. Uh, people of other religions, um, that one's going to be harder. Especially, well, it depends. If it's if it's something that someone was pushed into because of their family, um, it might be a little bit easier. But if it's something that they personally went out and chose Um, to believe, then yeah, it's going to be a little bit more of a challenge. One thing that I did write about recently is um, (coughs) the atheist as a, it's just kind of a persona. Um, I believe that many people are not really true atheists who claim they're atheists. I believe a lot of them are nihilists. And the reason why is because when I was an atheist a couple of years ago, I was struggling so hard with the truth, and I wanted to know the truth. I was constantly searching for the truth, and I knew that if I didn't find it, then something would be wrong in my life, and I would always have a hole there. But a lot of atheists, they're content with the fact that they believe that nothing exists, or there's no point in anything. And I believe that that's not atheism. I believe that's nihilism. And a lot of the uh, 20th century uh, atheists, the main ones, um, they actually ended up coming to faith by the end of their... um, by the end of their lives this is written a lot um i forget the guy's name but the book is called is atheism dead and um i think that yeah a true atheist is someone who always wants to pursue the truth and if you don't give them the evidence to show it then it's on you um but that's how i was i i had to research it myself um but yeah, you have, to be an atheist, I believe, you have to constantly be at least open-minded, one, and two, you have to be searching for the truth yourself. Because if, you, if you're sitting there and you're going, well, if nothing's real, I'm just going to die and nothing's going to happen. First of all, that's a terrifying thought. I don't know how you live with that. But secondly, <laughs> um, you you seriously,
2: um, there's, there's no point in life. And it, it's a sad thought, in all honesty. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, too, they just they in a sense know it's true because in a sense the holy spirit is part of it's in us we know right from wrong in a sense and people want to reject that because they want to live life how they want to live life they want to feel the earthly enjoyment um and that's that's satan's job is to make them feel that way and to pursue that which is obviously not what's right for them but they think it is and so that causes them to even if they know it's true they just reject it like it's it's kind of that example of like your mom tells you to do something you know you should do it but you don't do it because you're prideful you're selfish. You don't want to do it. So it's it's so I feel like that's p- part of the situation uh, yeah. Quite a bit as well Um, but cameron any any thoughts on that question? What
0: was the question again?
2: <laughs> it was pretty much like asking like if um How to share? The gospel with someone that thinks their religion is right and kind of how to tell them they're wrong. Oh the original oh, the original question Yeah, yeah,
0: you know one of the things that stands out in my mind if you look at all these world religions is that We're, we're the only one with an empty tomb Jesus has risen from the grave. He is no longer bound by this earth. He is sitting on his throne in heaven. Um, He rose. He didn't just die for our sins. He conquered sin and death in one fell swoop. And that is the most powerful message by far. Yeah, awesome. that's
3: that's one thing that I've heard from some people uh who are evidence-based Christians. I like I like listening to a lot of what I like to call evidence-based Christians where they talk about the evidence for it rather than just the faith part about it. But that's just the kind of person that I am. He said that I believe or there's sufficient evidence that um that Jesus was a real man. He lived and then he raised himself up from the dead and it's not saying that or sorry, Everything in other religions is wrong They do have parts that are all correct um, But If they disagree with the guy Who rose himself from the dead Or the teachings of the guy that rose himself from the dead um, I'm just going to go listen to him And <laughs> I'm sorry That's just how I'm going <laughs> to live my life But yeah I saw on Instagram a couple of w- months ago Actually it was a picture And it was all these tombs They had Muhammad um, Moses And, and uh, Joseph Smith a bunch of different founders of different religions Buddha Well
2: Moses didn't study religion But I bet there's well, people that That's what a lot of people point to for yeah, Judaism geez. Okay So
3: um, But then in the background It just had one giant tomb with a stone rolled to the side And that one had Jesus on it That's cool Amazing Saying that the only Only person that's ever risen himself from the dead Was the Lord himself
2: Awesome Well let's move on to the next question um, Beth- Bethany George She has a question every episode So thank <laughs> you for that Um, such a great episode. So she's talking about the episode with kyle such a great episode today One of the best and I always get excited when I see kyle my question for today Do you think there's a a specific thing the world is influencing young christians into believing and how can we go about Identifying and solving that in our own lives and of course there's always the lgbt issue, but I mean deeper than that so um a main issue in our culture. I think we talked about this already. Yeah, we kind of did, but I'll I'll go more into
3: it. What I was saying, um, I'm not sure if it was last episode or another one, but basically the most important thing we as Christians today need to do is learn to know the truth and read the word. Because if we don't even know the truth, we're not going to be able to teach it, one. And two, we're not going to be able to help others know the truth mm-hmm. um, in terms of like giving people... Um, something to point to yeah uh as a standard for instance because if you don't if you don't know the truth you're not gonna be able to act um act out the truth as in like you're not going to be able to live as a christian um but i think that's one thing that a lot of christians especially progressive christians lack is reading the word and that's something that we need to do a lot more um and also as we've said earlier a lot of accountability is definitely one big thing Because without accountability, we're not going to be able to... uh, That's the whole
2: you-do-you thing. I don't care what you do. If it's fine for you, then go ahead and do it. Well,
3: I was in school the other day, and I actually heard a girl, and she's a Jew. She doesn't eat pork. Um, But she is completely for abortions and things like this, and she cited um, separation of church and state. And I said, well, that doesn't apply to you personally. Uh, But her personal belief was... uh, was that you can have an abortion whenever you want, however you want. And so, I mean, there is separation of church and state in this country, but that doesn't mean that your personal opinion should be separate from what God says.
2: Yeah, separating God and earthly things is what we've been talking about, is you can't do that. You can't have one foot in the world and one foot not. Mm -hmm. Um, I think think the biggest misconception that this generation has is Following your feelings in your heart. Mm -hmm. and That's the right thing to do. Yeah. If you do that, you'll be fine. But in reality, our heart is sinful. Our heart is deceitful. Our flesh is, yeah, what causes us to do all these sinful things. So don't listen to your feelings. Don't listen to your emotions on your urges and follow those things. Listen to what God and his word says and follow those things. Um, And so that's, that's, I think, my biggest idea of what happens in this culture. Misconception. Cameron, do you have something?
0: You know, I, I'm a little bit older than you guys, but still in the millennial generation. So I can speak into kind of the older millennials. Is that is that a- apathy is a killer of spiritual life? If we're just going to lay back and and hope everything falls into our lap, that's no way to live, mm-hmm. not in the world and not as a believer. So I encourage everybody to step out and and do something for the Lord, just like these guys are on fire starters. Step out and be bold. Go on mission trips um ask your pastor and your youth pastor how you can help and 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 get involved in Christian community don't just sit on the sidelines mm-hmm. god does not want us on the sidelines
2: yeah we're warriors we got to fight the battle
3: amen yeah,
0: the the other day um i was working
3: i work as a shuttle driver and uh one of a, a new i met somebody who had just come from uh, south america and she saw me reading she came up and asked me about it um and then she asked me more about it when i was driving her uh to the bus stop in the car Um, but I was so tired that day where (laughs) I just didn't have like it in me to talk about it too much. And I, I regret that because, you know, it's like, what is more important in my life is saving other people or, you know, saving my, my own strength. And I I definitely do regret it. And if I have the opportunity again, I've told myself that I'll take it. But, um, yeah, it's just one of those things. It's like, you, you kind of look back and you, you regret not doing the right thing. Yeah, that happened to
2: me yesterday, actually. I was sitting on the chairlift with this other guy. I had Joan and Matthew with me, so I had enough backup. Um, And I was just like, I was trying to find a way to hook Jesus into the conversation, but I just couldn't find a subtle way to do it. Yeah. And you don't need a subtle way to do it. You're saving this person's life. There's no subtle way about that, and you just got to do it. So I think I got to work on that, just being bold and just being like, so— you know Jesus or like you know you can start off with something else I think you talked about this last Sunday it's like easy way to start a conversation about Jesus not easy but like conversation starters um can we take a (laughs) you have a nosebleed (laughs) well I I mean Ah, one second.
3: (laughs) yeah this I need (laughs) to drink more water
2: uh Cameron so to wrap us up any any final advice maybe a, a few quick Things on sharing the gospel. Um to wrap this up.
0: Yeah, sharing the gospel, just listen to people and love people where they're at. If you're going to share Jesus, let them talk, let them speak their mind. I mean, what if someone came and said, you know what, Christianity is this, this, and this? You don't have to come up against them. No, it's not. Let them speak their mind and love them where they're at, because everybody is on a journey. Um, and and have have good conversations. The way to have good conversations is to ask good questions and simple questions like, yeah, yeah, what do you, what do you believe? Do you have any spiritual beliefs? Do you believe in life after death? Have you, have you ever been to church? Have you ever read the Bible? If Christianity was true, wouldn't you want to investigate it? Get them thinking, get them talking and have good conversations. And then other final thoughts is, um, with pornography, we are called to fight against it and not become complacent and let it let it um rule in our lives we want to we want to fight against it we want to get it out and the way to do that is by the power of the word of god and so um as i as i was promoting earlier check out my website org. we got some great resources and they will help you become porn free they, they they will we'll awesome. leave that
2: in the description yes we will All right, guys, with that, um, thank you guys so much for listening. Like and subscribe. Ask more questions for next episode. Um, And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.